play. play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C. G'day, g'day. It is Matty C here. I am the obnoxious commissioner of this, the Astro League, and owner of the Carabao Kings franchise. For those of you who are stumbling into us at the show for the first time, what even is the Astro League? Well, the Astros, we were an American football team based in the ACT here in Canberra, played in the ACT Gridiron League. After we folded, we uh, turned to fantasy football, and we are now a rather competitive 16-team half PPR fantasy football league. So what even is it? Half PPR is uh, half a point per catch for any player who catch a ball. The quarterbacks will get six points for a passing touchdown. They also get a point bonus for a 300-yard passing game. And anyone who can catch for 100 yards will get a bonus point. And anyone who can rush the ball for 100 yards will get a bonus point. All this weird scoring and weird size makes us a bit of a unicorn. And we're also 100% owned by Aussie owners. So we're NFL, we're fantasy, we are Aussie. And we are on Instagram and Facebook at Astro League Podcast. So follow us on those because we are always putting up new content. And it is a great way to be able to interact with people within the league and even uh, to ask questions of the guys who do interactive segments. So, so definitely reach out and leave some correspondence on those. This is the Saturday show and it's going to take a little bit of a weird twist this week because our schedules just didn't line up for Seahorse and myself this week and it means that we're going to get him onto the Monday show instead but I've had the good fortune in the meantime to still find another guest and we were talking to Jolio of the Struggle Town River Sausage Dogs about what his season's been like so I can't wait to get him on here because he's going to talk about the muddy playoff picture as well but the other things that I want to get through in this episode are a little revisit to the start of the week which this time around is going to be revisiting expected wins and how teams are stacked up against that but also there was a very short survey I put to the owners in the league this week and I got quite a decent lot of responses around who's legit who may be a mirage and some of their impressions on the league this year so I'll go through some of that in just a moment before we wrap it up with the week 10 preview this is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. So the expected wins, this is a metric of my own creation and really it is geared to, you know, whatever the average score is in a week and how you as a team perform against it. Now in our league with our scoring, this year 100 points has been a good score. So I'm just going to use that as the base example for this. And so imagine that in week 10, just gone, the average score was 100 points. Hey, you scored 100 points. I'm going to give you half a win in this metric for that. Because it's average, it means that half the time teams will score more than you, half the time teams will score less than you, so I'm giving you a half. But then for every two more points than the average you score, I'm going to give you another tenth of a win. So then 102 would be worth 0.6, and on we go up until you get to a full win expected for being 10 points above the average score, and then in the same scale, running away from the average on the under. And what it does mean then is that you end up with a team who might score... In that particular week, 125, well, you should get a full win, but the team who scores 82 shouldn't get any credit at all because they're too far away from the average. So it gives you a good indication on who's being boned by scoring a bunch and not having as many wins as you might expect, and also who is getting their pockets stuffed full of bonuses. Okay, here's your three who are getting the most boned. Taylor, he currently has scored average five times this year in separate weeks, but only has four wins. Uh, but it has also scored within that little band of average expected enough times for me to award him 5.1 expected wins, even though he's only got four wins. So he's 1.1 behind. James has scored above average. This is a seahorse who's at the top already. And he, he, here I am saying about here, he's been boned eight times this year. He scored average. 
and that's out of 10 weeks but he only has seven wins and the way he scored so far this year I would put him at 8.2 expected wins so it means he's been boned to the tune of 1.2 wins though neither of those guys take the gold medal Tim and the Canberra Crusaders is getting the gold medal here he's getting the shaft more than both those guys he has been average five times the same as Taylor for only four wins same as Taylor but the way I've started him out he actually looks like he should have 5.3 expected wins so each of these guys only separated by 0.1 of a win but it is Taylor at 1.1 under expectation James at 1.2 under expectation and poor old Tim Tim gold medal winner most boned at 1.3 under expectation I'm sorry Taylor I know you would have probably thought that would be you but it is not the case now, on the other side of it, who benefits? Who's got all these mirage wins? Well, there are a bunch of teams who've got between 1 and 1.6 expected wins. On the higher end of that is Pete at 1.4 wins above expectation. He has six wins. I reckon he should have 4.6. And Scuba, the king of the East at the moment, he has seven wins where I think he's scoring. It's been consistent but not amazing 5.4 expected wins. So he's ahead by 1.6. Now, these guys, Scuba, you would be the bronze medal, mate. There's two more who have wins further above expectation than that. Firstly, it's going to be my guest, Jolie O, who averages above the, uh, he scores above the average six times, sorry, but he also has seven wins. So his weekly score is, uh, has been above average just enough times for him to probably have about 5.2 expected wins, but he's gone out and got seven. So he is 1.8 in the bonus. And the only team who has succeeded more doing more with less in terms of wins is me i've got seven wins on the season my carabao kings team should only have 4.6 we have we're not even scoring the average over the entire season uh but it means that we are 2.4 wins in the bonus compared to what we should expect to have this is the astro league fantasy football podcast now through the week i sent out a little questionnaire to all the owners in the league and most guys got back to me with some versions of responses which was kind of cool uh it was a four question survey and it was around sort of who you thought the current favorite for the title was what you thought of your chances for making the playoffs were uh who in your division you're the most worried about and who are you going to crush? I thought that'd be a fun one to ask. So in terms of that first question, uh, that was one where you could just lump everybody in together and, and total them up together because you're only asking them a very general question. So after Tony had voted for himself and his Squazmongers team, he then submitted a more serious answer for who he thought the favorite for the title was. And he was one of the people who voted for Scuba. Scuba had the second highest total in the votes here. And he was only one behind Seahorse, who is clearly with the Olacan Space Pirates team, the side who've been on top the longest. They look like the one who should be, you know, rightfully installed there until dethroned. But, you know, that w- there was a vote for the Jizzpots as well. So they were the only three who collected votes. And Jizzpots snuck in there with a little vote. So look out, Justin. You've got an admirer out there. What do you think of your chances making the playoffs? Well, in the North, I had two responses there. One who reckoned 33 to 50% and another who said, look, my season is gone-ski. Um, couldn't even make a cup of tea, mate. So let's not talk about making the playoffs, which I thought was a brilliant answer. Over in the South, a couple of responses here. Uh, one who just kind of responded with a laughing emoji. One who said their chances were about 70% and another who said about 50-50. Now, at the top of that division, you've got three teams that win apart and the scoring is quite disparate. So there are teams with different levels of comfort. Over in the East, you've got one side who are saying not great, another who said flat out none. But then there's some optimism, a 50-50 from one of the teams in the East. And then over in the West, I like this. I've got a couple of responses. One who says, mate, 100% sign me up. I'm already there, mate. What are you talking about? Another who said, let's just say 30%. And then I think we'll all know who this is by by the way we read this answer. My chances are about as good as Matt Ryan's of climbing out of his cleats without a shit stain. 
So I think we know that that, <laughs> that has come from the owner of the Vinegar Strokes, who has been all on the Matt Ryan hate this year. The next question I asked was, who in your division are you most worried about? This one got a few less responses, but uh, in the North, just one respondent who said, look, I'm concerned about Tim. Tim looks like the team who could run away with this, and that Crusaders side in the South. Uh, I definitely voted for Jis Potts on this one. I think he's definitely with that scoring. He only has to pull level with Jolio and I to run away with this, and uh, Jolio was kind enough to put my name on the ballot to say I'm, I'm someone worth being worried about, but I think you've been kind to be Jolio. Over in the East, I've got three responses. One who says Scuba, one who says Jerry. That could be each other voting for each other there, I guess, and somebody who said everybody's. So, you know, there's a lot going on over in the East. But the West, I like this one. You got, obviously, a vote for Seahorse there. And another saying, oh, well, you know, everybody in the West is a threat because, you know, that you've got to be worried about everybody. There's a lot of scoring over here. It's the highest scoring division. But then the, this one, this is a crafty answer. I am worried about all, all owners who have a regular podcast segment. Well, that was kind of funny. Uh, nice answer there, Pete. All right, last one. Who are you going to crush? Now, this one was kind of interesting because I got responses from all over the map. The response from TC in the North was, mate, everybody, I'm going to finish this season 6-0. and So, you know, he's really putting his flag and, and talking about how strong he thinks his team's going to be. Over in the South, uh, well, you know, I said I want to crush Tua because I think his roster sucks and I've got a lot riding on this weekend's game, but we'll get into that in the previews. But uh, somebody also kind enough to write my name down there uh, and that I'm a target and then they're going to crush me. So I've got to imagine that's got to be Joel. Thanks for that, mate. Over in the East, uh, mate, I had a bunch of responses here too. Somebody who was going to crush Adam, but only in week 10. Thanks, Scuba. Uh, another response saying that everybody over there is going to be crushed. And, and I like this one. Mate, I couldn't even crush a rose petal. Let's not talk about crushing other people. I thought it was pretty good. Over in the West, there are three responses. One who just wants to crush me, so I guess they're hoping that they get Matty C, the old Carabao Kings, into the finals so they can dispatch of me quite quickly. Uh, also one over uh, over here, um, a big old F-bomb, and then everybody, everybody in the entire West, F them all. I like that. Uh, and then the last one here, which I thought was quite crafty. Uh, who are you going to crush? It turns out I'm doing a great job of crushing all my own hopes and dreams. That's a lovely response. All right, we're going to get into this interview where I'm talking to Jolly O from the Struggle Town River Sausage Dogs. He has had a bit of a lean stretch with making the playoffs, but this year all of a sudden his team is winning, 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 and he's done it in some peculiar circumstances, and we're going to talk about his full season and what he thinks is going to happen in these next couple of weeks. So strap yourself in and welcome Jolly O back to the show. Haskins has just been an absolute... You could be understood for being, you know, skittish about that. Take Fournette out of the lineup. Yeah, mate, I would have run Jeremy's side boner going for him there. <laughs> Your in-depth knowledge of what it's like to be boned this year. Wes is going to have to realise that he's just playing like a ginger piece of shit. This is Taylor nailed, I've got to say. How the hell did you get the first pick and you've still got as many wins as James, by the way? What the hell? <laughs> what? That guy's had no speed bumps. You've had every speed bump. And still some, <laughs> somewhere there. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't no get idea. it. Yeah. Been a lot of luck. I, um, I am just shocked at I was shocked when I did the draft that I got a team that I genuinely thought I was just like, this is the best team that I've drafted in a long time. And that was like where I was like, Yay. I'm like, I'm going to put the mark on myself and everything's going to go shit. And well, it didn't go to shit in terms of production. They've done the right things when they've been healthy. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, other than that, it uh, yeah, it's been uh, every week has just been a struggle to, to field a team pretty much. Bloody hell. So you start with the first overall pick. You take who everyone probably should have taken with the first overall pick in any draft they did. Yes. Mr. McCaffrey, 
What's it been like owning Mr. McCaffrey? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm lost for words. Um, he is, is a, he definitely is a superstar. I, honestly, with um, – like I said to you before, I don't forecast a lot of things, so I just sort of like play my team and just do that each week. So I don't really pay much attention to a lot of other players until obviously you look at overalls. And I just I, – I was amazed at the scores that he puts up. And then when I yeah. um, and then now I've looked into a bit more of him and his back history and stuff and found that he pretty much didn't lose uh, miss a game for three seasons and then Jolie goes and drafts him and look what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you've given him, uh, you've done it. It's all you. It's all you. You've put the curse of the, the struggle to And the funniest thing that I see is I'm looking at my draft right now and in round two I get Gurley, who. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone was just like, he's injury prone, blah, blah, and he's been rock solid. <laughs> and McCaffrey's <laughs> been out all season. So, yeah, go figure. That's stupidly hilarious. Yeah. I got so many people giving me shit when I drafted Gurley. I got him in like three leagues. And, um, yeah, everyone was giving me shit because like, yeah, injury and he's not going to be this and this and that. And, yeah, then, like I said, he's been rock solid and done everything right for me. Pretty much scores a touchdown every game. Oh, mate, you know, I had him circled as my third-round pick, him or DJ. So when I saw you take him, I'm like, well, that kind of sucks because he'd been falling to me in the third in a lot of mocks. I'm like, you know, he's going to be better than people think. I, I just had some stock in him. Yep. Um, but then BJ <laughs> goes and takes uh, DJ when I'm not – I wasn't paying attention. I had a kid draped over me. I don't know. I, I just I had no idea he had gone. Yep. And I still thought it was a bit of a risk taking him there. So I've scrolled down to find D. Johnson and, and obviously the rest is history there. <laughs> but I'm like, I was so certain I was going to end up with either Gurley or DJ and the wind up with neither. Yeah. <laughs> and then just be like, have that continuous joke of the uh, the wrong Johnson all, all season. Um, that's that's going to fucking follow me forever. <laughs> pretty right? much. Is that every year, as soon as I've got someone Johnson on my team, because it's going to happen a lot, it's going to be, I usually hope you've got the right one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was Jackal. He did do the Gronkowski thing, didn't he? A few, like, back in the day. I'm sure. Yeah, he... Oh, no, it was Scuba who took Gronkowski in the first round. What Jackal did that people liked was he took Jared Hayne in a draft. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean the other Gronkowski, like the... Oh, did he take Glenn yeah, Gronkowski? Yeah, um, oh, not yeah, early, actually, that sounds like, like a Jackal round, move. Sort of like it was, like, not super early, but I think at the time he would have been like, what have I... How did I get this guy? <laughs> oh, I'm that's pretty so sure great. Did, yeah. That's such a jackal thing yeah. to do. Uh, I, I love the jackal just owns his shit too. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, yeah, whatever. He could have been a hot prospect. Like he just, yeah. <laughs> he just rolls with it. He's like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. You can't floss to me. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm a sucker for a 49 er player, but he's like, not just a sucker. He's also just like, just like, it doesn't matter if the person is third string, not getting a start. He's like, I'll still take him and just see what happens. Yeah, oh, his love is undying. Yeah, he? <laughs> he's amazing. <laughs> So you've had to do all kinds of gymnastics at running back just to get by. Yep. Uh, who have been some of your classic hits that you've picked up and started and they've been all right? And who have been some of your absolute misses that you've started just to try and get by? Yeah, I, the first one, like we've already talked about, Gurley. Most of it was, um, could have been absolutely anything. And then the Josh Kelly one, I think, is probably the most frustrating one. Like I've obviously just traded, got away from him. Last week, I think it was. I thought he was going to be a superstar, and um, I think a lot of people did. <laughs> and then, yeah. Um, yeah, he just kind of just, just sort of found nothing, and he's got like the perfect situation. Um, so that's probably the most frustrating one. But I feel like, yeah, again, it's one of those things that I've just been really lucky. Like everyone just doing those. It's like 
if so, the, the little, like the, those really, the team that everyone loves because they're just like scrappy and they just somehow, they'll put together 10 points when they really had no right to put together 10 points and then it just gets me the win. Well, yes, this is Jerry Theory. Uh, talking to Jerry last week, he he just wipes out names and just looks at the numbers yep. and thinks about how do I find 11 skill players who can just get me to yep. Yeah, that's fair enough. And when he said that, I just had this crystallizing moment of, oh, you're smarter than everyone thinks. <laughs> <laughs> but that, where's, that's so simple, yeah. right? No, it is really simple. And it's um, it's funny because, yeah, we, we tend to, or not tend to, we do overthink it all the time. Like the other week I got I picked yeah. up Adam Humphreys and, yeah, he did his job, got me the thing, and then move on to the next one. Washington football team defense. Actually, they yes. won me a game a few weeks back. Um, that was another one, like Washington football team defense. I'm uh, like, what? Um, what? Yeah, so right? just... They've been passed around like a bomb, too, those guys. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's had a go at yeah. them. But they keep turning up. I don't know what people keep doing. Yeah, dropping. exactly right. But um, as I said to you today, like I feel like the, the Cairo Santos kicker pickup on the, um, what was it, late Monday, I picked him up. And, um, yeah, and that gets me the, what do I win by? Um Two points. Two oh, points. Two he points. scored seven. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's just, just awesome. You were saying how proud you were of yourself for doing that too. Just, yeah. And I think you deserve to gloat a little bit because, I mean, 71's so far the lowest winning score of the season. And, I, <laughs> and to do it against Ryan, who has all these newfangled experts things to tell him who to pick up and stuff, you should just be rubbing it in his face, yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> no, well, it was him. And then also, I just <laughs> all I thought of today when I um, got – when I when I saw it, so I got the win. I just heard Taller's voice like, "Fuck kickers and fuck defense," <laughs> and I was just like, "No, no, no! <laughs> this this is the time for the kicker. This is like Adam Vinatieri. This is yeah, all those guys that just they they do matter." Um, Look at that. Rise up, yeah. kickers. <laughs> so this is National Kicker Day for Joel. Well, I think you got a good week out of that kicker who replaced. You've been running out the Falcons kicker a fair bit this year because, you know, they're a high-scoring offense. Good good idea, yeah. right? And and not a loved guy. Young Waku doesn't inspire people to rally. No. But then he had a week off and you picked up his back. <laughs> yeah. And he won yeah. your week. I yeah, think, no, he did. He? Yeah, so... I my um, teams have not been won by anyone flashy. Uh, <laughs> my games haven't been won by anyone flashy. I mean, it's just been like people that you would never have heard of that kind of have just come in and done their job and somehow won me the game. Which is yeah, like Cairo probably won't get picked up for the rest of the season, but he just won me a game. It's unbelievable. You know, we've been giving out jobs in the league all year. So Ryan is the trade commissioner because he's got all these, you know, newfangled tools and and. Uh, James, the seahorse, has become the sheriff, yep. which is kind of fun. He's, he loves that role. Uh, Adam is now the emoji manager in the group thread because he keeps on changing it, messing around with it. I've got a job for you. You're going to be the guru swami of kickers. <laughs> and if anyone's got a kicker question, they've got to come <laughs> yeah, to you. Okay. Yeah, well, I've just found I couldn't remember the guy's name. That's how, um, that's how uh, important he was. But Elliot Fry is in the, on the Falcons Fry. practice squad. You're going to wind up with a tattoo of that on yeah. your shoulder, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. No, I, Kai, I think Cairo, he's, my, he's my man now. I, um, yeah, you can yeah, Young Hoku, he's been like, I think he's a high-scoring kicker, isn't he? Something like that. But um, he's been my man all season, and I'm just like, Cairo has just saved the day. I was like stealing, big ball stealing. Like, that's just a massive two touchdowns. I needed yeah. I need 23 or something to win, 24 to win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 23 and, or 24, and you scrape yeah. it. 
That's amazing. But, but mate, you, you get it and, and a win. You could have won by 50. It, it just counts as a win in this at this point, you know, that um, if having, I, having the wins is the first yeah, thing. Well, if know? I lose that game, I, I drop to third in the division and, and probably go, yeah, it's going to be a struggle to come back from that, but... Oh, now this is going to be a good conversation because our division, and we're about to go into weeks 11 to 13 where our structure is set up. So, yeah, you've met everybody in the division on the way out into the world, and then you play against the whole bunch of people from the rest of the, the league in other divisions, and then you come back and you come home and you've got to beat the people you've met in the first three weeks to get through to the playoffs. Mate, today, turning that result, critical in keeping you really yeah. alive... Tell me about how that would have been if the result had gone the other way. Tell me about how you're feeling now that you, the result's gone the other way and you've got the win. Yeah, well, I, I probably would have just been very down the dumps and just been one of those, of course, this is every year this happens, <laughs> one of those ones, yeah. um, which is actually funny because BJ messaged me yesterday and said he thinks he's, his missus thinks that um, he hates his job because every day, every Monday he comes home angry. <laughs> 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 and I was just like, yeah, no, I completely get it. And uh, that's how I would have felt um, would have felt today. And, uh, yeah, like for to get that win, that's huge. Because, yeah, all I was thinking of is the repercussions of it is that, like, you guys win. I drop to third because of for and against. Um, and then I've got to play you both yeah. again. And, and, yeah, I don't know if my team is stronger. So I feel like if at least I give myself that one bit of a leg up, then I've got half a chance of actually making the finals for – how long has it been since I made the finals? Well, I saw that you last made the finals in 20... Oh, gee, I want to say it was yeah. 2015. There you go. And, and, I mean, that's an awfully long time for, like, someone who's engaged as you are and as snake-bitten as you've been, too. You just seem to run into guys who get injured yeah, or... I think... It- Fellas who wind up on IR or suspended, and you've just had such a shocking. It'd probably be too hard to find this, and I I mean, I'm I'm probably saying this to try and give you a little bit of a a nudge, but to find a stat um, (laughs) on just on my first, I reckon if you went through my draft over X amount of years, my first say three, four picks, I reckon that like there'd be a major injury every single year, um, where I basically lose a person for the Mm. season. I've, and I, again, a lot of people probably do that, but I was just like, every, it's like, like you said, snake bitten. It's like every year, my one of my first, yeah. probably two to three picks, I get done for the season in the first few weeks. It's like, well, there goes your season. <laughs> oh, you've had some rotten luck too, because I think there was one weekend where it was like on your baseball final, so you couldn't be there live at the draft. Yeah. And you got auto-picked Jarek McKinnon, who literally tore his ACL the and week Darius before Geis. in his first week at the 49ers. And then, think, yeah. yeah. Got Geist, and then he tore his ACL the first week of the regular season or the the last preseason game, something like that. And you just, what do you do? How, how do you compete in the yeah. whole year? And at that position, too, like at, a, at a wide receiver position, you can sometimes make it up and, and find somebody that this, that's a surprise yep. packet. You're Robbie Anderson this year, things like that. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Merge, but, right? um, but then, yeah, with the running back, it's sort of like, yeah, just... They're just dead, and then and then you sure enough you don't have the first waiver wire pickup, so somebody does pick up their backup, and then <laughs> then they then they become a superstar for the year. But yeah, um, yeah. So I managed that trade with uh, BJ the other week for Mike Davis, obviously, and that and that's really not really paid any dividends for either of us. Um, but that was it. Yeah, yeah sadly, that, that was going to be because he'd been playing well, so he got nineteen point one, nineteen point six, twenty five point four zero. 
10.5, then yeah. I traded for him, and he's gone 6.1, 8.2, 6.2. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's rough. Uh, well. Mate, cha- challenge accepted on that uh, draft revision. I'll go back and <laughs> yes. have a look. <laughs> like, you like you said, you just grab the top of your head, you remember the other ones, but I feel like, yeah, there's been a consistent thing, and I guess, like, it's not a poor me because I'm sure it happens to everybody, but most as well. Like, if, I, yeah, if most of McCaffrey played all season, I can only imagine the numbers they would have put up with what they did early in the, in the first couple of games. Yeah, I agree with you. I think most of it was in a position where. I mean, we've loved a guy like Fournette when he's healthy. We've loved a guy like Carson who, you know, he's healthier than people think. Um, and they, they score a ton of points because they are just truck it up the middle, get great yards per carry. We love guys like that. Um, but most of it, for whatever reason, people aren't enamored with most of it the same way they are with some of these other guys. Uh, and I just couldn't see a way he wasn't going to have a great season, barring injury. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just disappointing because I think he would have been fantastic. And there's a great likelihood he is back next yeah, week. So if yeah, so if, if him and McCaffrey come back basically next week, then, yeah, maybe the end of the season could end up being pretty interesting for me. But, um, yeah, then you wouldn't know. <laughs> they could come back and do nothing. I have some good news for you, though. Yep. This is a bit of analysis I did on the fly at you know, a service station in Yass on Monday just because I was talking to Seahorse and in the background, and I went, oh, I'll do a quick analysis on that. After 10 weeks, 100% of teams who've had seven wins have made the playoffs. 100% of teams with yeah, at least yeah. seven. So, I mean, if ever there was a year for that to go khaki, <laughs> yeah, it's quite tight. Yeah, this is the year. But, I mean, gee, it's hard to argue with history on that something as comprehensive yeah, sure. as that and that the fall away is from six and four down. Uh, that's got to make you feel better about the importance of the win this one. 100%. Yeah. I, um, I, that's a pretty cool stat, actually. I uh, I just realised, yeah, because obviously there's a yeah. few divisions that are really strong and there's a couple that are weak. So how does it happen with with the divisions that have lower scoring? The, the winning winner of the division still has to get through regardless, don't they? Yeah, we just set up like the old NFL yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. Uh, system. So is that, at this point, yeah, there's, what is there, four teams with seven wins? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And two of them are in our division. So after all of Seahorses crapping on about the Wild West being so strong, here we are. We've got two seven-win teams and a six-win team, and they've got a seven-win team and two six-win teams. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the mighty south, the rise of the south. Yeah. I think you're fine, Seahorse. <laughs> That's actually funny that you say that because I, I was thinking that they were the stronger one too, but then, yeah, numbers don't lie. <laughs> That's it. You cannot and argue with numbers. the people too. <laughs> I think Seahorse would immediately come back and go, well, we're scoring 107 points a game and you guys are scoring 102 points a game per team. And he'd have his arguments, but, you know, uh, mate, wins. Wins are what gets you the biscuits. Yeah, exactly. No one remembers uh, the stats at the end of the season. I remember who won. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I remember the stats at the end of the season, but I am not (laughs) human. The, The thing here that I think is super interesting too is that you said it before, as of... This week, you win that game, you maintain first in the South, and you do it with now, uh, you know, you've got about 30 extra points in scoring over me, and I'm in second because we're on the same record. Yep. Justin, win behind, six and four. He has almost 100 <laughs> points more than you, 120 points more than me. I messaged him the other day and said, mate, you are walking yeah. up tonight. <laughs> this is breathing down the next. If he ever catches us, and and this was going to be true if you didn't get the win today, you've gone from first in the division overnight to third on the back of a 
just one result and some scoring. Yep. Bang, bang. Two spots. Yeah, huge. Oh, and, and then I have to play him next week. Yeah, gee, I, I don't care what the result was today. This was setting up for a grandstand opening to yep. Divisional Weekend. Wow. It, there's probably few matchups as important as that one in terms of a wild card and division winning kind of, you know, set up. I could have just seen, like, I, that's I, I if I lost this game, I could just see my team crumbling next week and him hit, like demolishing me next week. And then I'm just <laughs> like, just really just out of the, out of the conversation then. It would make it tricky to claw back. I mean, then you get sort of me and Mark who were both not scoring nearly as well. So you might've got some soft pitches on the way home, but I mean, gee, it then starts looking like a mountain to climb where it's seven and three. Uh, it doesn't feel like a death sentence no, next no, week. No, exactly right. Now it's actually, um, I guess, well, I don't go into it favourite by any means, but I go into it with a lot more confidence. Yeah. The other division that's got a match-up like this, and I'd love to get your look on this, is that Adam this week goes out and lays a total duck egg against Booker in that's Scuba's team. It was second in the overall versus third in the overall, and it was like a primo match-up. He goes out and puts up like a 50 with Mahomes on by and most of the rest of his team just crapped itself. He's like, ah, yeah, whatever, not a big deal. But he's actually going to fall behind Pete in that division. He'll be third in the division outside of the playoff race and he faces Taylor. Oh, the man that just wants to ruin everyone's year. (laughs) Yeah, that guy's got (laughs) a bonus for killing people. Would you have preferred to have been in your shoes, six and four, up against Justin, six and four, with his scoring... Would you prefer to have been that matchup next week or Adams? <laughs> uh, I probably would prefer to be in my shoes, to be honest, because um, as much as the Chispots uh, have a great team, I just – Taylor's team just has no right to be – like have that record. And I, we, everyone keeps saying it every every week, and I've heard it plenty of times. But his team is ridiculous, and every time he makes a trade, it just gets more and more scary. And it's just like I'm just glad there's not 20 weeks in the season. Yeah. yeah, he'd run us all down, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. Everyone. <laughs> I can just maybe even Seahorse. Yeah. He might have well, even run him I down. I mean, you what, know? what is he? He's three back. Yeah, before and six after. So if he the, wins the out this he, week, what, what does he finish? Then he could finish seven, seven and, six. and six. Now that would be good enough to be at least where uh, where Seahorse is now. If Seahorse yeah. lost out. But there's like 180 points in scoring between those two teams, and there's only three weeks to go. So he would have to outscore James's team every week by yeah. an average of 60, plus win all three, plus have James lose all three, plus have Adam and uh, and, and Pete not yeah. win two games. No, so it's all but have to at least win yeah. one each. But or yeah, less like I said, one. if it was if it was 20 weeks, I'd be uh, I'd be probably putting a little, little sneaky bet on it. I am a betting man, so. <laughs> It was fourteen weeks. I'd <laughs> yeah. be terrified. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, that's not. We don't have um normal normal seasons, do we? So, yeah. Um, yeah. If there was a few more weeks, it'd be it would be a pretty fun uh, little side bet, wouldn't it? Yeah. Anyway, man, you gotta have some tacos yeah. and have another beer. Yeah. Yeah. This time I'm gonna let you go. with three easy to, to keep talking. Yeah. Four times. And <laughs> All good, man. Well, this time I'm out. Here's a chat. We'll uh, <laughs> talk soon. And yeah, wish me luck Thanks this again, week. Brother. So that should. Uh... <laughs> well, yeah. No one's a bigger fan of you this week. Yeah. <laughs> 
Cheers, you too. <laughs> All right, brother. We'll take care. Stay well. Another guy who was being drafted like he died too was... Oh, T.Y. Hilton. He's a good receiver. <laughs> he actually doesn't look great. Whole career has been defined by boom. Barkley. Or bust. Yeah. Or hurt. And to see him bang out 26 points was extraordinarily satisfying. A huge F you to the vinegar stroke. Mate, great to have Jolio back on the show. It is terrific to see his side looking like they could go all the way back to the playoffs where they haven't been since 2015. Terrific stuff. Now, we're going to kick off the Week 10 previews before we get out of here. And, well, have a look at this. We're going to start in the North Division where Squazmongers are in a tight projected matchup against El Chacal. Now, there's around about a point difference in the projection, so it tells you just how close this is, but there, there are implications everywhere for a lot of these matchups, and this one is no different. TC has to win this one. He's 5-5, five and five, and Mike, well, you know, if he can just play Wrecker here, get the win, it doesn't help him much, but it definitely muddies up that division, knowing that the two guys behind TC are both 4-6, and six, and they're playing each other. This is going to be great. You get... Cornhuskers and the Canberra Crusaders in the other matchup. And while Ryan at this point, the Cornhusker side, have still got a few things to sort out in terms of quarterback because it looks like Matt Stafford may not go, uh, Canberra Crusaders have definitely got an early projections lead. So that is kind of tenuous, and we'll see what happens there around how that quarterback position gets plugged for the Cornhuskers. But Crusaders at the moment with the edge, and the implications are huge. Whoever wins that one really does go into a driver's seat for a spot in the playoffs over the other, and it could be even better depending on what happens in the matchup with TC. Going to go over to the east and have a look at the Gnomes versus Brendox matchup. Now, the reason I'm starting here is because there's implications for the Playmaker and $10 Booker matchup too. You've got a division here where you've got Scuba way out on top seven and three, and this is where Jerry fits in. Here's the Gnomes, he's five and five, and he's in a very tightly projected matchup against Brendox Birdman, who again, like Jackal, is in the position of two and eight and ready to be the wrecker. Not a lot for Brendan to win here, but the pride of the Brendox Birdman is such that he would not be happy going out as a three and 10 team by the time the season's over. He's certainly not happy at two and eight, and I think he's going to do all he can to get as many wins as he can for his franchise before this season is over. But Jerry, he has a desperation of a different sort. At five and five, he's definitely in the mix for a wild card spot if he can continue to win. The thing that he has in his way, though, is that in the other matchup, $10 Booker has two-game lead. He also has about 100 extra points in scoring. So he's got two and a half games, essentially, and just means any misstep by Jerry means that division is over. And it doesn't even require a $10 booker to win. But he has definitely got the projections edge against Kenny this week. Kenny does have a couple of things to fix, which will make that a little bit tighter. For instance, he's got a kicker completely empty. And he's got some questionable positions where he might make moves, depending on who he thinks is going to get the highest score. And that would bring that projection right in. But at the moment, if you gave the win to $10 booker, it would sell up the division. But if he doesn't win and Jerry does win, it gets interesting. Going to head into the south and talk about this one. This is not the playoff Royale matchup. This is just me versus Mark. And while it's a tight projection, and I always love seeing Mark on my calendar uh, and know that I get to play him, going for two, I've had a disappointing season. They're four and six. I've got a three-game lead on him. There's really no path for Mark to make the playoffs at all. So the best thing he could do is really shove a big old stake in my side. And after, I can remember when he first joined the league, and the first time I played his side, he beat me by 46 points. And I've always, always thought every time I see him after that, this, is, this next game is a revenge game for that. And I've been playing a revenge game for six seasons now. But uh, I really need to win this one for my own sake to just try and keep myself in the playoff picture. Because in the other matchup, Struggle Town are going to play the Jizz Pots. 
This is a super important matchup to the South because Struggle Town currently lead the division and they've got more scoring than me. So we're both at seven and three and he has the edge. But Justin has more scoring than both of us. So if he pulls level with any of us, this division could run away from all of us quickly and he could all of a sudden be in the box seat to win this division. And I think this is why he got a vote as a team who are a legit chance to win the entire thing. And you know why? Because he's got Kyler Murray and Dalvin Cook who've just been the truck pulling that trailer for the last couple of weeks and dragged him right into it. Uh, now, that matchup will obviously have big implications for what happens in my matchup, especially if I win. But, gee, could you imagine if Jizpots win and then both Jolio and I lose, all of a sudden Justin's top of that division after being third going into the week. Now, more to talk about in the West because the West is crazy. I'm going to go to the number one overall seed, the Olakan Space Pirates playing the Jiggity Jigs. Now, he's actually changed his name. He's the Jiggity Jagged Edge this week, Pete. And I love this. He is talking about the knife fight. He is ready. He is ready. He's got a very menacing logo in there with a monkey. He's got an eye patch and a few knives, you know, crossed above his head. He's looking angry angry but uh i tell you what this is one of these ones where it just depends on how russ and dk metcalf go because if they don't perform particularly well on the thursday night football game this is going to publish after that happens so you'll know um if they don't go particularly well that really is pete's window but if they perform very very well then this could be over before it starts and, and all of a sudden seahorse has his eighth win and i think that would be enough to anoint him the first team to qualify for the playoffs over in the other matchup in that division, though, is where it gets kooky because you've got the Vinegar Strokes, who are currently the highest projected team this week with about 114 points in their projection going up against Adam, who, mate, going into last week, he had a five-game winning streak, and while he had Mahomes on by and he got absolutely munched, uh, he wasn't thinking too much about it. He's like, you know what? I felt like I was going up against the second-best team in the league, and I was ready to probably lose that one. Uh, I think it probably has bigger implications than that because not only did the scoring then knock him from second in the division down to third, but now he gets to play the hottest team in the league who are coming back from an 0-5 start. They've won four of their last five. They were the studly team last week with 138 points, and they're the highest projected team this week. So I think Adam's got his work cut out to not finish the week six and five. And what's odd about this too is if he does finish this week six and five, Taylor jumps to five and six, and all of a sudden he's only a one win behind Adam, which is amazing to think after he got off to that 0-5 start. So there are implications everywhere, and this week's matchups are just going to be off the chart. It's down, it's dirty. Finding soft spots in deep zones. It's the mean streets of Queenbian. It's going to happen, so you might as well be used to it. This, this is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey, look, thanks so much for joining me here for the Saturday show. It's been a little out of sorts because we haven't had the Sheriff, but it's been great to have Jolio on. We're going to have the Sheriff here on Monday's show, which is just going to be fantastic. Fantastic. We're going to be back on Monday. We are, in the meantime, though, on Instagram and Facebook. So if you have any questions you want to ask the sheriff, he's going to come on and talk about, you know, the upcoming playoff picture and how strange it's all going to be and how difficult it will be for some teams, which teams are mirages, which teams look legit, and we'll also clear up one or two murky situations. So if you've got one of those, you've got a situation you need cleaned up, get the sheriff in. He likes to restore order to this lawless, lawless place that is fantasy football. And in the meantime, just remember this. We are a unicorn of a league. We are 16 teams, so we're kooky already, but we've got such weird scoring. We're 100% Aussie. We're NFL. We're fantasy. We're Aussie. And we're back Monday, so thanks so much for joining us, and I'll catch you then. Play, Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League-specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C.